You're listening to The EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. On today's episode, we have Nicole Merrill. Nicole is a content machine. She has written articles, produced podcasts, delivered workshops, built online courses, and designed creative voice experiences. She has a new book called Punch Doubt in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers, and Beat the Robots. If you work in career services, or alumni services, or even recruitment, this is the episode for you. Now, let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. This is Elvin Freitas. This is Elizabeth Liva. And on the line, we have Nicole Merrill. Nicole, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being on. We appreciate your time. So, you know, right now we're in the midst of COVID, unfortunately, still going on. So we always want to check in with all our guests. How are you? How are your loved ones? Um, how's everybody over there? And uh, uh, just a disclaimer, you know, I have a four-year-old. I Liz has a five-year-old. I believe you have a one-year-old. So if folks, <laughs> listeners, if you hear our kids in the background, you know, please be patient. I'm sure people understand because everybody's working from home. But there's my daughter right there. So, okay, so tell us, um, you know, how's everybody over there? You know what? We're doing good. I love that question, too. Um, we're we're all adjusting to the new normal with kids at home and working, and things have been, you know, ups and downs, but I've got good people around, and we've had friends pop by, one of those, like, social distancing, say hello from your porch, you know? So it's been nice to see people outside of a computer screen, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that everybody's okay on your end. That's, that's nice. So yeah, definitely. Let's- let, let's dive right in because um, I'm curious to learn more. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, and, um, you know, it says that you are a conversation designer and UX researcher for machine learning and conversational AI products. So can you break that down? Explain that to me like I'm my four-year-old. <laughs> what <is> that <laughs> exactly? Yeah. <laughs> and, so... and, and uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so that conversational AI part is referring to intelligent assistance. So think of your your Alexa, your Siri, any chatbot that you, you've interacted with online. Those are conversational AI assistants. And so the AI stands for artificial intelligence. So they're, they're um, technology that's powered by artificial intelligence and they're software that mimics human language. And my role is to research how users interact with these products and then make recommendations to make them better, maybe make them sound more human, and write scripts that uh, sound more human than, say, if maybe an engineer wrote them. <laughs> so that's the role. It's pretty cutting edge. It's a, it's a newish role. It's only been around for a few years now, um, but it, it's growing. So, yeah, I, I want to follow up real quick. How did you fall into that? I mean, what's the... I'm assuming UX means like user experience, right? That's one of oh, yeah. I got the, yeah, the terminology, exactly. right? Okay, great. Yep. So how does because I think there may be some people interested in this because it seems to be that could that's the future. I mean, it's now and it's the future in this growing uh, sector, which you know AI is it's going really fast, which is scary in, yes. in some ways. Yes. It's also very very <laughs> convenient in other ways. I know that for higher yeah. education, you know, a lot of schools are using uh, chatbots and. And they're trying to figure out, well, how can we use AI, you know, and, and how to recruit students and things like that. And also in retention and with alumni and all yeah. that stuff. So um, how did you get involved in it? What type of education did you go through? Was this something like, you know, you kind of got a certificate on your own? What was that process like? 
Oh, I definitely had to figure that one out on my own. <laughs> I like to tell people <laughs> I specialize in uh, professional reinvention. So this is my fourth career change. I was actually coming out of Yale School of Management where I was working as a global career coach. I was associate director of career services there. And so I was in a completely different field. And when I was working at Yale, I was working with international students all over the world and employers all over the world, you know, and I was hearing from employers kind of this, this reoccurring theme. Like I was hearing that they're looking for uh, MBA students who had communication skills, digital skills, data fluency, understood new technology. And I thought, well, yeah, not all MBAs are like this, right? I'm not an MBA myself. I have a liberal arts background. And I was like, wow, this is wild. All these employers are looking for this, this kind of unicorn, right? And at the same time, it was during when, this was around 2016, when the World Economic Forum put out a big report on the fourth industrial revolution, which is a terrible term, but essentially it means that new technology like big data, cloud technology, artificial intelligence is going to really reshape how we work and that yeah. it's going to create a need for people to learn new skills. And I thought, but what does that actually mean? Cause all the headlines were like, robots are going to take your jobs. And I was like, but that's yeah. how, you know, I was very curious. And so what ended up happening is I left Yale and kind of went out on my own to just explore and experiment with some ideas I had. I wrote a book during that time about the future of work and upskilling uh, to help people mm -hmm. adapt. And then I started just researching and all my research for the book and just, in general about AI products, I started honing in on uh, the field of HR tech. So that's the technology that's being used in the human resources departments. And I kept finding these chatbots. And I was like, what do these chatbots do? You know, are they, how do they work? And I was testing them from, from an, as an outsider and critiquing them and saying, you could make them better this way. This is not how applicants mm. work and so on. And then a company had an opening for one for a designer and I applied and I got it. And it was just kind of one of these right place, right time. And part of it was just knowing the technology and knowing my skill set. I knew I could, I could design it. I have a language background. I used to be a travel writer. I'm familiar with digital tools and technology. So it was just kind of one of those, well, you know, there's no real path or right person. You know, it's not a cookie cutter job. So I sold myself and I got it. Nice. Which I think is how a lot of uh, career changes go, right? You're just kind of like yeah. <laughs> looking around, looking around, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can do that. I didn't know this yep. thing, but I can definitely do it. So that mm -hmm. was how I got to it. Gotcha. Thanks. Awesome. I, I was also fascinated, just like Elvin, when I looked at your profile and I looked at your background. I was like, wow, this is my twin spirit because I, I feel like I've done a lot of the same things. I've hopped around. Just I'm kind of like a free spirit yes, <laughs> when it comes yes. to jobs. And I'm just like, oh, that was interesting. So I've been a, a newspaper editor, and I've been a, a college admissions counselor, and I've worked, you know, in, in the mortgage industry. <laughs> I've just done a lot oh, of different stuff. It. So, so I, But I've always thought a little bit, up until recently, because now obviously we're all kind of going through a little bit of a transition where, people are going to have to jump into maybe different careers and reskill and upskill. I just felt a little bit yeah. embarrassed. People would look at my resume and they'd be like, oh, wow, you've done a lot. You've done a lot. I'm kind of shrinking <laughs> down into my chair as I interview. Talk to us a little bit about that. Talk to us about upskilling and reskilling and lifelong learning and career changing. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you coach and, and talk about some of these areas and see that your areas of specialty. How do you sure. guide people that are going through that, trying to figure out, well, what career do I want to go in and, and do I want to make a jump? I know that I've seen you've done some writing about kind of figuring out if you want to jump into a different career and, and how is that going to change now? I think with the COVID-19 crisis, I think maybe there won't be as much stigma, but 
how is that going to affect maybe the idea of people reskilling and upskilling, do you think? Yeah, I think, so that's a pretty big bucket to unpack, but I will give it a go. So, yes, <laughs> I, I want to just say that, like, congrats to you for jumping around because the tide has really shifted, right? We were raised under this model of you go to school, you get your degree, and you're set for life. But that is an outdated model, and it was outdated, quite honestly, when I got my undergrad, right? Um, it's it's shifting, but it's slow. And so what we're seeing now is we're starting to see the effects of that. I'm part of the generation that went through the 2008 recession. Now we're going through this recession, right? Um, we have really seen the traditional career path, the traditional career planning really go out the window. And so that's on top of, you know, new technology coming into the workplace and really changing what employers are looking for. So instead of, you know, that single in-depth knowledge in one area, they're looking for multifaceted people, people with skill sets that go um, that are both in the digital space and in the communication space. And so what that means is, is that you've got a lot of people who are around, you know, in older millennial, younger Gen X who are, who are really sitting there going, well, that's not how I was raised. I got my degree. I thought I'd be set. And I don't know what to do now because mm -hmm. nobody teaches you how to change careers. And that was the thing that really surprised me. When I, when I started working at Yale, I worked for an MBA program. By that point, I had three career changes, and I figured it out all on my own. And I couldn't believe the training the MBAs got on how to change careers because the majority of MBAs go for a career change. Over 70% are looking to change careers. And so I got this huge training that, like, laid it all out for them. And I was like, well, nobody does that for anyone else, right? And I thought that was so remarkable, and it's in part why I ended up writing my book, um, which is, it's called Punched Out in the Face, How to Change Careers, or excuse me, How to Upskill Change Careers and Beat the Robots. Oh, my God, I just messed up my own title. And in that, I specifically <laughs> I love that title, by the way, Nicole. I saw oh, that title, and I just too. chuckled when I read it. It's like so awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, uh, side note, it was harder to title my book than it was to name my kid. That's how hard it was for me. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I wrote that book specifically to, to really talk directly to the people who have never been taught that, right? Because we are part of this generation that, that just, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't there to teach us, right? We just assumed we'd be in the career. And then I add that upskill part because it's not just, you know, oh, I'm going to learn how to be something different. It's I need to learn some foundational skills that maybe I wasn't taught in college, right? If you hmm. graduated over 10 years ago, you likely weren't taught the digital skills or the data fluency skills. So that ability to work with data, data analyze it, make decisions off of it, and so on. And, you know, the same can be said for people that might be working in IT right now. You may not have been taught project management or how to write for the web or how to give um, presentations to executives. And, but these are all skills that our employers are looking for. And so the idea of upskilling is really embracing the idea that you've got to keep learning, right? It's not just get your degree and you're set. You have to keep learning. And learning doesn't always mean going back to school. It could mean simply, you know, taking some online courses. It could mean micro learning. So listening to podcasts in your industry or jumping on a webinar, things like that. But it's, it's really a shift in your mindset. It's, it's not a career ladder anymore, right? That, that model is gone. So what replaces it? Um, it's this lifelong learning, this, this really agile approach to your career. So that's the first part it. of your question. Uh, <laughs> I'll pause there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Nicole, it's over again. So um, let, let's focus in a, a little bit about your time at Yale. Um, mm -hmm. So you worked at uh, Career Services, you said? Yeah, I was in the career services office. Okay, great. So I I want to know um, during that time there at career 
cursors for, for Yale. What were some of the things that you were noticing were outdated uh, back then? Oh. And what are some of the things you think are, are outdated in terms of career services in higher education? And, and what, uh, I mean, I think you mentioned a little bit too, is like what can they do to, you know, not just like, you know, catch up to the present, but like what can they do to get ahead and, and start to think yeah. about what's going to happen in the future? So I think when I was there, you know, there was so much focus on the job that you're going to get out of school. And that makes sense. If you're an MBA, you're paying for that career change, right, that, that big jump in your career. And that's to the detriment of thinking long term, right? So what happens after you get that, that first job out of school? What happens next? How do you keep going? Um, and what I saw in career services, one, so much focus on the resume. It's all about the resume. And it's like, look, the resume is only a slice of your job, right? The job search and the career transition. And quite honestly, now we have um, automated platforms that will review your resume for you and make suggestions, right? So it kind of takes away from the uh, career coaches needing to work on resumes all the time, which is if you talk to anyone in career services, I mean, there's so much work that goes, so much time and effort that goes into resumes that they could be doing other things. But I would say the, the other things where career services was really missing was really focusing on the skill gap, right? Where are the pieces that, that are missing from the, the, the college curriculum? So if you notice that your graduates don't have you know, data skills, how can you introduce some you know, programming around teaching them data analytics? How can you make them better at their soft skills, right? That's something that that's even harder to learn. You know, it, it's easy to take a course, course on learning how to work Excel. It's a lot harder to get good at writing for the web, right? Or writing concisely or public speaking. You have to practice and apply it. And so there were opportunities there that, that career services can step and say, hey, we're going to either teach you these skills or we're going to find projects with employers to help you work on those skills. And some career services offices actually do this, but I wouldn't say that it's a full-on effort. You know, it's, it's not part of the strategic plan. I think it comes up. Sometimes we talk about practical projects, but there needs to be much more of that going forward so people can get the hands-on experience that they need. If they're not getting in the classroom, I think career services really has an opportunity to step in and fill some of that gap through some of the relationship building with employers and alumni. Gotcha. Wow, that, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. So I want to go back um, to your book, Punch Doubt in the face, how to upskill, change careers, and <laughs> beat the robots. So yes. how do we beat the robots? <laughs> I know yes. you give the whole book away, and I get that, but um, how do we beat the oh, robots? Oh, I'll talk about education it. Do? What can higher education do to help, you know, beat the robots? Okay, so a couple of different things. I put that beat the robots in there because I kept – Seeing all the headlines about robots are going to take your job, robots are going to take your job. And what's interesting about that is it's not necessarily the robots. It's actually software. It's, it's software, and it's usually hidden, right? If you think about it, it's, it's, it's more of software that, you know, maybe your coworkers using that you didn't know that they were using to automate their marketing processes. Right? We've heard about yeah. marketing automation mm -hmm. software. It's a really good example. Instead of having someone yeah. every week, you know, compile a newsletter, boom, it goes out automatically. It's that yeah. kind of thousands, right? There's thousands of examples of those right now in the market. And so we're seeing this big shift. And so my first thing about, you know, people that are in higher education is getting curious about what it actually means, um, these, what these technological changes are. What is artificial intelligence? How does it, what is, mm. how is it playing out in higher education? What are the tools, yeah. you know? What's the, what's the bonus of it? What's the downside of it? You know, um, there was a huge debate earlier on this year about facial recognition on campus. 
And I'm absolutely yeah. against yeah. facial recognition technology on campus, yeah. right? But that's artificial no. intelligence, but it's only one slice of it. And so I think it's, it's wrapping your head around kind of this topic and, it, and, and making it accessible to you because you don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a tech person to understand this. I didn't have a tech background, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. it's getting curious about that technology that's really at the heart of this. The second thing is about looking at your own skill set. I think higher education is, you know, it's an interesting place. I've worked in both. I worked at the Foster School of Business uh, before, and then I worked at Yale. And I left both times because I was concerned about, you know, I wasn't learning new skills during that time. And as someone who likes to jump around and learn new skills, um, mm -hmm. that was kind of my challenge. And, and I remember last year there was a report that came out that the, um, one of the number one reasons people leave higher ed is because of lack of professional development. And I thought yeah. that was so mm -hmm. interesting, mm -hmm. given that these are centers of learning, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that employees yeah. are not getting the learning that they need in their career. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of looking at your own skills and saying, okay, how can I learn something new? I wrote a post about this last year that was called Career Services Needs to Upskill. And it's written for career services, but it's not just for them. It's for everyone in higher ed, you know? It's looking at your skill set and saying, what am I missing? And this isn't just for, I'm not even talking about people that work in a department. I'm talking about leadership as well, mm -hmm. right? And so it's really that two-part. Get curious about the new technology and changes and then upskill, right? Learn some new skills. If you're in a leadership position, start looking at, like, change management. How do you change things? Look at design thinking. Look at how you use digital marketing, right? And all of these pieces you can build on and create uh, interdisciplinary teams, interdisciplinary leadership. You can create new programs because you have people working across departments and so on. And I think this is when I think about higher education and, and the role of my book, it's written for, you know, anyone that's across industries. But when I think about higher education, which I, I love so much, this is what I think about that they can do. Um, you have a lot of talented people in higher education who, who there's so many of them. They're just like itching to do new things and learn new things. And then they get in kind of these like traditional hierarchical organizations and then they kind of get stuck. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. my goal is to help them find an outlet, right. Learn new skills. Um, if they're going to change out of career, uh, higher ed, that's okay. But maybe they can make a difference in higher ed and, and change things up in higher education as well. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good point because higher education is going through a lot of changes. There's turmoil. We know that, we're having to really pivot and try to work things out and, and figure out the, the path forward because our industry is totally changing due to COVID-19 hitting the campuses and making sure we oh keep my, our students yeah. safe and we have furloughs and we have, you know, departments maybe having to consolidate and there's, there's so much change going on. And I, I noticed you had an article about beating AI and the algorithm on your resume and just in terms of, you know, people that are going to be in higher education and even in other fields, but obviously we all work in higher education. Well, Elvin and I do. So this kind of hits home when we're looking at, wow, you know, I, I know on my campus that, you know, we had to furlough this campus-based, like, receptionist that if, if that person is not an, an essential member of the staff and, and we don't need them at that point, they have to take some time off. And it, it really does hit home when you know that mm -hmm. once this is all over, these um, individuals are going to be back in the workforce and, and try to figure out, you know, maybe how to retool or refill themselves. What, is, mm -hmm. what advice would you give someone, you know, in higher ed or even in other fields, but more specifically to higher education that wants to go into a different field and maybe beat the algorithm and, and try to figure out mm -hmm. how to, it's going to be really competitive. How do you get past those, um, 
those, uh, what do we call those, those uh, ATX? Is that what it is? Oh, they scan your resume. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we how do we differentiate ourselves if, if we're in higher education and, and we have to kind of figure out how to retool and, and get back in the, the workforce after all this is over? Yeah, I would say, I mean, that's such a good question. And I'm really glad you asked it because the reality now is that we've got a lot of people who are out of work, which makes it tougher, obviously more competitive. It makes it more challenging, right? So that idea, if you get laid off, then it's like, well, what should I do? Should I go back to my regular path and stay there even though there's fewer opportunities or should I reskill? And that's a really powerful moment. And you don't, I will say right, right off the bat, you don't have to have an answer right away. That's the kind of thing that's going to take some time to work through. And some people might want to work through that on their own, maybe making lists of pros and cons. Other people might want to talk it out with people they know, right? Maybe it's mentors, maybe it's colleagues, you know, maybe it's your best friend who said, you know what, you've been complaining about your job for the last five years. It's time for you to move on, right? We mm -hmm. all have different ways of, of figuring that out. But what I want people to do is to create that space, create that space for yourself and be okay with the ambiguity because what happens in, in career changes in general is that the minute you go to tell someone, you know what, I'm thinking about changing a career, they're like, well, what are you going to do? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, just want to change, right? Sure. There can be this real pressure and people start to internalize that, like, I don't know. I can't do it. And it's like, no, no, no. Just claim that space. It's actually, I, I talk about it in the book is, is really the first step. Claim that space and be comfortable with the ambiguity. You don't have to have a path right away. Right. In fact, that's the beauty of career changes is that you've got this exploration time. And, you know, if you're in a job right now that you don't like, use your off time to 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 explore. If you've just been laid off, well, maybe your explore, exploration time might be a little more condensed because you need a job. Um, but give that give yourself that space to, to start reading about job descriptions, start reading, start listening to podcasts from different industries, start looking at newsletters from different industries. See what interests you. There's so much good content out there. Right like YouTube videos, right? You can learn so much on YouTube about industries that you've never even thought about. Um, I know I did a deep dive on like uh, uh, software for HR, right? For some, that's probably pretty boring. But for me, I was like, what are these products, you know? And it was all because I could see the demos on it on YouTube. And then the most powerful part is to just talk to people. Start talking to people. I am on LinkedIn all the time, which does not make me cool, but it is where I'm at a lot of the time. And <laughs> I see so many offers right now from people who are like, how can I help you? Have you been laid out? What can I do? Can I connect you? Yeah. Can I talk to you? You know, I got a message from someone the other day. It's like, I'm really curious about UX and um, AI. Can you tell me, a I'd love to talk to you for a little bit to learn about your path. I said yes to that because I was like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, sure. I, I'd mm -hmm. talk about that, right? These are easy ways to kind of get a feel for new new paths, new careers, and, and it's better than just sitting at home and submitting resumes online, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. I think that's what we tend to do. We tend to fall back on kind of that, well, I know I've got to create a resume, so I'll just create one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the answer to how to change a career, how to beat the ATS. Um, there's a nifty little tool called JobScan, and they are my mm -hmm. secret weapon. Uh, I am no longer a career coach, but if I were, I would just be scanning everyone through JobScan because what it does is it, you upload a job description and then you upload your resume and then it gives you a review and says how well you're communicating your um, skills and experience for that job description. And it'll tell you Ooh. what to improve. Yeah. That's super cool. Huge yeah. First of all, 
I, I gotta say, you being on LinkedIn on time does not make you not cool. You're super cool. Because I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I think this on LinkedIn. We're all on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. I think this guy, whoever's on LinkedIn is super cool, by the way. <laughs> you know what? That's so what I'm my. You're super cool. Um, but I wanted to follow. I want to ask kind of a selfish question because. You know, one of the okay. things that um, uh, colleges need to do is need to recruit students. We need more students. And, and one of the yeah. um, markets that we can focus on is career changes. So when we think of career changes, we're always thinking, okay, someone who has a job, they're not happy with it. Like, that's what you talked about. You know, they say, I want to change. And mm-hmm. well, what do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. What do want. So I just think the first thing is, don't you want to go to school? Don't you want to get a degree? Don't you want to get a certification? So yeah. talk to me and talk to those who are listening now. Is that How do we reach out to those folks? And how do we get them – you know, first of all, where are they? <laughs> where are the ones who all want to go and change my career? It's so hard to find them. That's number one. And number they two, are. you know, how do we reach out to them and say, hey, listen, you know, if you're thinking of changing your career, this certificate program, this degree program, this, our program, our school might be the right fit for you. We have flexible hours yeah. on time, part-time you can do, you know, online. What are their needs? What do they want? How do we get to them? So that is such a good question uh, because I think about that, right? So I'll say that, yeah. like, the, the biggest challenge from, from administration is that you, you're now, degree programs are now competing with so many other programs. You've got boot camps, you've got online courses yeah. offered to like Coursera, mm-hmm. edX, Udacity. Mm-hmm. You've got skill building programs that are online, like skill crush certificates that you may yeah. offer, but there's also certificate programs elsewhere. And so mm-hmm. there's this huge competition and that's actually part of my book is helping people navigate that. How do you choose which path, right? Is it an online yeah. course? What should you look through? So, You've got you as the the administration have to figure that out, right? What are you offering? What's the suite of programs? And then who who would benefit from it, right? It's 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 you know when we develop classes, we think of like learners' journeys. So what's the learning journey? Who's what's the learning persona? Who someone's going to take of someone who's going to take your boot camp? What's the learning persona of someone who's going to take a certificate? Maybe there's multiple types of people, but you've got to do the hard work up front to understand who these people are, because what I'm seeing, oh, and in answer to your question, where do you find them? Your alumni. Because I can tell you this is one of the most, this is one of the most, um, I'm seeing it time and time again, two things. One, I look at what my alumni, uh, excuse me, my uh, alma mater puts out (laughs) all Mm -hmm. the time. And, you know, that's only one school, but it's interesting to see how, they just tend to promote programs rather than building a learning ecosystem. Mm. Does that make sense? So here's yeah. what I see. Oh, take our boot camp. Oh, take our certificate yep. course. Oh, great. But, but mm-hmm. why? Why should I yeah. take it? Yes, I want to change <laughs> I love it. You What's know what? Why, yeah. I've changed. Yeah. And so who, who's done it before? I tell you, I had last year, they sent out like, join this panel of so-and-so who's worked 35 years at Nike and is retiring for career insights. And I was like, Right. That, that does nothing for me. Right. No offense. Like they, they, but that is a different generation who did something completely yeah. different. Yeah. I need someone right. yeah. who just graduated a boot camp and said, this is how I made my change. And that's the opportunity the alumni are, that alumni relations is missing. There's, you need to be able to build learning communities. You need to be able to understand who your learners are because, you know, someone who's mid-career at 35 their needs are going to be different than a 55-year-old than a 25-year-old, right? Who yeah. maybe is like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got student loans, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's that that is, is really missing. And that's where your pool is because people talk. You know, I said to people before when I was researching my book, I said, so have you ever gone to your alumni office and, you know, saw what was around there? And they said, no, why? 
<laughs> like, well, because they offer certificate programs. They do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like we've got to build the why. You've got to figure out the who and so on. And I think there's so much potential there. But it requires, you know, it requires a rethinking of, again, I know we've, you've probably heard this before, rethinking of career services and alumni, right? Yeah, um, totally. it's, it's a popular topic to talk about, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's really where the opportunity is for these learners. Or to find yeah, these learners, wonderful. I should say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love it. That, that's fantastic. Liz, do you have any other questions, Liz? I just wanted to say I'm glad that you gave us such practical advice that people can use, like tomorrow. You know, there's, there's definitely yeah. a lot of value here because we're going to be seeing people that unfortunately will have to reimagine what the future looks like and maybe they won't be like me or you who are kind of I'm kind of immune to career change right now I'm like oh that looks interesting I'll just go be an addiction treatment counselor for a year which is I did that like last year so (laughs) but not everyone has that mind frame so I think this is great because it's kind of putting people in that idea of lifelong learning and it's not just linear there's so many different avenues that you can follow and, and and definitely this is uh this is helpful so I'm, I'm glad that we had you on i'm glad yeah. you're here honestly i think it's super exciting i think you know we talk about change and we think about risk but like think about the other side there are so many interesting jobs to discover out there especially now you know there's these jobs that you didn't even know exist that are out there i call them the possible jobs and then you figure them out and you're like oh my gosh that's a job i can do that how can i do that and then you make your path yeah. and yeah. and it's just, it's exciting. Yeah, I, I totally 100%. And there are jobs that are being created right now, even during this crisis. I mean, there's still jobs that we don't yeah. probably know about yet, but I'm sure we'll know about soon. So, Nicole, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate this. I want to ask you now, my last two questions I'd like to ask everybody. So, number one, what would you like to be remembered for? You can talk about your personal or professional life, whatever you choose. And then number two, what does the future of education look like to you? Oh, wow. Okay, so how would I like to be remembered? Oh, man, I, this is simple. It's on my personal side, but I think just someone that likes, to, that, like, likes a good time. I love to congregate. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's weird right now with COVID, but like, I miss congregating and being together and just like that, that uh, ease and laughter and joy, right? Yeah. You have all that happening. I'm always seeking that out. So I want to be remembered as someone who brings that, but also like, you know, seeks that out. For sure. Um, as far as the future of higher education, woo, that's like, it's like such a big bucket. So I'll narrow it down. I, I want to see, I'll just tell you what I want to see. I want to see practical steps to making lifelong learning happen. I think it's very convenient right now for leaders to talk about lifelong learning, but I want to see it in action. I want to see the steps that they're taking to create learning ecosystems for both their current students, non-traditional students, and their alumni. That's what I want to see. I want to see this shift. And, you know, it's going to take a rethinking of who we hire, the types of skills that that we we look for on a team, and, quite frankly, the types of skills and mentality that we look for in leadership. And, you know, I like before we were talking about, you know, the change that's already happening and some of it's bad, and hopefully out of that some good things will come and, I look forward to seeing that. That's the space I'm really interested in. Yeah, fantastic. Wow. Thank you so much for your time, Nicole. This has been uh, extremely, like, uh, listed, practical, valuable info. We really, really appreciate it. Well, thanks. I had a great conversation with you guys. 
so there you have it our conversation with Nicole Liz what do you think about that conversation I like the like I said we had um, matching energy I felt like she's very energetic she's very passionate about what she does and I love the concept of not a linear A to Z uh, straightforward narrow focus in terms of career but being able to reinvent yourself and being able to upskill and reskill and think about how your um, prior um, experience or knowledge and background how you might be able to apply that and, and bring about something totally different and new that you never even thought about so looking at networking and um, different platforms like LinkedIn or doing coffee dates over the phone with people to try to pick their brain to find out a little bit more about potential career paths these are practical suggestions and uh Definitely, as the months go ahead, and you know, unemployment has skyrocketed, and and yeah. people will need to um, apply some of these um, strategies and, and think about what their career is going to look like, and it may be totally different from what they thought, but that's okay. So I was glad yeah. that she um, gave some some real good advice about how that process might work, and uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, and you know, I think a big takeaway for me. If you know you're listening to this podcast um, and you know someone that works for alumni and career services, make sure mm. they listen to this episode because mm-hmm. I think it was I very agree. powerful when she I said, you know, where do we find them? And she said, mm-hmm. alumni. I was like, boom! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's where. They, of course, they they're the ones who want to upskill. They want to continue mm-hmm. learning. They they they're the ones who are interested. But you know, I thought it was even more powerful. She said, you know, don't just throw everything out. Oh, take our boot camp. Take this. Take that. I was like, why? Why do you want to take this? You know, <laughs> give them the why. Inspire them to want to continue mm-hmm. and, and be curious and, and have that lifelong learning mindset and provide professional development opportunities, which we all know now. A lot of it's going to be online moving forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was extremely powerful. Um, right. And so whoever is working with alumni services or career services this is definitely the episode for you uh, and also for recruitment for recruitment i mean if uh, we want to find more students well that's where they are you know let's let's put a marketing plan together to figure out how we attract our alumni to come back and, and to upskill and, and continue lifelong learning through our our workshops our certificate program other degrees um you know second masters or whatever it is uh, so they can help them prepare for the future, you know, to be uh, future proof, like a lot of people like to say. So I thought, yeah. I thought it was a huge takeaway for me. So Absolutely. great episode. Career services and just to, just to, I'm sorry, Elvin, about this one. Just one little point in the career services, alumni, and even online department. Those are kind of the unsung heroes right now. So I'm glad that you uh, said that was your takeaway because definitely this yeah. is alumni department this is career services this is their time to shine because yeah, kind of they get kind yeah, of pushed in the back burner yeah this is their time so you're right definitely listen in for this one because it, no. it's their time to really show and prove now for sure no absolutely 100 yeah. percent. all right liz so i appreciate it i appreciate yeah. you appreciate nicole being on thank you. um so everyone thank you all stay safe be strong and until next time Hope you enjoyed that episode. To learn more about the EdUp Experience, please visit edupexperience.com. That's edupexperience.com. And please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, and share this episode. We really, really appreciate your support. You've been listening to the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business with your hosts, Joseph Lustio, Elizabeth Leiber, and Elvin Freitas. Thank you.
You're listening to the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. On this episode, please welcome our guest, Kelly Bailey. Kelly is the director of MZ Open Skills. MZ is a labor market analytics firm, and their Open Skills library serves as an organic skills language to act as a translator between people looking for work, work looking for people, and educational programs that are looking to connect people to jobs. She's also the host of her own very successful podcast titled Let's Talk About Skills Baby. Now, let's get to it. <laughs> 